Welcome to the 198th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford. Stay tuned for my interview with Sarah Remy, author of Stonehill Downs and other novels. Stay tuned for the interview. I also wanted to alert you to my first fundraising drive via GoFundMe. Uh, I've been doing this podcast since 2009. I've released this will be my 198th episode. Um, if you would like to help me out in the work that I do interviewing writers and authors about their books and their writing habits and writing advice, you can support me via my GoFundMe fundraising drive. Uh, you can look on the website, readingandwriting.com, for a link to the GoFundMe page. Um, if you can help me, that would be great. If not, no worries. All of the podcasts will remain free and available for everyone. So stay tuned for my interview with Sarah Remy. Hello, it's Paul Kemp, host of the App Guide podcast. Let me tell you about a tool that I'm involved with. It's called ILAS, stands for I Love Your Stories. And it's a tool to help creative writers get out of the habit of writer's block. Now, don't just take my word for it. Bloomberg and The Next Web have both written about this. And a lot of people are giving us awesome feedback. This is on Twitter. Jack says, I love, love, love the idea of what you've built. I can't wait to actually jump in. As a struggling writer, I really do need this. Heath Armstrong, a podcaster says, dude, I love ILAS. So go and check out ILAS. I L Y S dot com. And if you go to forward slash PH, you'll get a 50% discount as a listener to this podcast, even though it's free for the first 3,000 words. So thank you very much for listening. That's ILIS.com and go and start writing something awesome today. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Sarah Remy, author of Stonehill Downs. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Jeff. Sure. Well, can I have you read the first couple of pages from your new novel, Stonehill Downs? I'd love to. I'm going to start uh, with chapter one, and we are setting up one of my two main characters. Her name is Ivani, and she is right now living out in the middle of nowhere on the Stonehill Downs. Ivani found the corpse two days after first snowfall. Enough slush remained on the ground to stain the downs gray in the early morning light. The cold made her bones ache, even though she'd wrapped herself from head to toe in an old cape she had traded from the widow. Fashioned from mismatched animal pelts, the cape fell nearly to her knees. Avani disliked the smell of death that lingered still on the cape, but she disliked the cold even more, and she could be grateful for the wolf and the weasel and the squirrel that had fallen to the widow's traps. The patches of mottled fur still clinging to the cape kept most of the bitter air from her skin. Avani's feet were another matter. Her sheepskin boots were worn and thin. She'd meant to fashion a new pair over the summer, but time had slipped away. Only a few moments out on the downs, and she could barely feel her heels. Her toes were pinpricks of icy pain. Jacob fared somewhat better, but even the raven disliked the slush that clung to his claws and the frost that gilded his tail feathers. The ice made it difficult and uncomfortable to fly, so the bird rode on Avani's shoulder, growling complaints low in the back of his throat. As it was, they made slow progress over the downs. The morning sun had nearly peaked when Jacob launched himself into the sky. He flapped hard, buffeted by the wind, and then began to circle in large, endless loops. Soon after, Avani spotted a huddled lump on the frozen grass. At first, she thought it was one of her sheep and made a sound of distress, unwilling to give up another of the valuable creatures as lost. 
But then Jacob began to call, and she knew something different had died on her borrowed land. Avani's pace slowed to a near crawl. She almost went back to Stonehill for help. She had seen enough death already in her lifetime, and she wasn't eager to witness another. She stopped once, glancing back across the rolling hills in the direction of the village, but Jacob swooped and called until she heaved a sigh and forced herself to continue on. The dead man lay in a hollow, sheltered from the wind. His arms were stretched out along the grass at odd angles. It looked as though his limbs had been twisted until his bones had shattered. Frozen blood caked his tunic, staining the hard ground beneath his torso. He had neither face nor throat left. Something had torn open his belly and left his entrails spread on the downs. Avani crouched in the brown grass. She propped her elbows on her knees and cupped her chin in her hands. Frost cracked beneath the bottoms of her boots, and the cold seeped through her sheepskin soles. She considered the dead man's ruined face and frowned. Jacob, Jacob squawked, plummeting. He settled on the dead man's chest. The raven walked up and down along the length of the corpse, head tilted back, beak working. When at last he returned to Avani's shoulder, he had blood on his feathers and the gleam of wisdom in his black eyes. It's a kingsman, she agreed, noting the remains of the royal insignia on the man's ripped tunic, torn apart on our downs and left to rot beneath the winter sky. She scanned the grass but couldn't pick out any tracks around the body. The downs were frozen, the soil too hard. Jacob muttered and hissed. He ruffled his dark wings and ducked from side to side and then pressed his sleek head against the curve of Avani's jaw. She lifted her, her hand to his head in resignation, and when she did, her goddess spoke and Avani saw. The man had died brutally and in terror. That was not a surprise, but the darkness surrounding her, his death made Avani's heart clench. It was more than a shadow of sorrow of a life cut too short too soon. Here was something different, a pitch black venom tasting of rotted blood and of the deep earth. Murder, she said, nothing so simple as a mad wolf or a wild weasel. I think we'll stop there. How's okay, that? that's great. <laughs> well, well, I know that Stonehill Downs has been described as a forensic <laughs> fantasy. If someone hasn't heard about your novel yet, how would you describe Stonehill Downs? It's a, it's a mystery set in a fantasy world. Um, I've always been a huge fan of mysteries, especially Sherlock Holmes. And um, so I, what I wanted to do was meld mystery and medieval science with magic and uh, also spiritual belief in a, a fantasy setting. So it's a little different than your you know, average fantasy quest book. We've got mystery, murder, We've got uh, autopsies and uh, microscopes mixed in with uh, temple lore and uh, sorcery. That that sounds like a great combination. Do you do you remember the original idea or or um, impetus for for writing that kind of combination of of forensic and and mystery along with a, an epic fantasy setting? Not particularly. I don't remember when it hit me. I know that ever since I was a kid, I was a huge fantasy and sci-fi buff, but I also would steal my mother's. She was a huge mystery buff, and she would read like the Brother Cave Phil from Ellis, and, Ellis Peters and um, I, Lord Peter Whimsey and all those just 
those classic mysteries. And so I like the idea of melding the two and making a fantasy world a little more mundane in that murder, just regular old murders happen. And, and it's not all about retrieving the magic ring or the magic sword. There's a, there's a little bit more of the everyday life going on. Sure. Sure. Well, what, what has your writing journey been up to before you wrote and, and, and had Stonehill Downs published? Was that the first novel you had written? Um, no, I've, I've written a few, self-published a few. I actually, in college, measure, majored in creative writing and English lit. I always knew that I wanted to write on the side. It's just, you know, it's always been my passion. And um, so I did self-publish a few. And then I sent Stonehill out just on a whim when Harper Voyager had their open call. And... Um, didn't really expect anything of it because there were so many people sending to that open call and was uh, surprised and very excited when I found out that it had been accepted and, and saw it as a huge opportunity just to learn more about the publishing world and hopefully to get my name and my writing style and my characters out there. That's great. So, so what is the writing process like for you? Did, did you outline Stonehill Downs extensively before you began writing? No, I'm totally a pantser. Um, I fall in the pantser uh, line of writing. And so generally what I do is I sit down and I just type out that zero draft and I get it done. And usually I have a beginning and where I want to end up at the end and maybe a little bit of the middle, but the rest of it just kind of happens. And so that means once that zero draft is done, I have two, three more drafts to go back and make things fit and make things work. And so the the hard work comes after I get that first idea of the story down. And do you find yourself, um, given your approach, do you find yourself having to rewrite um, large chunks or? or yes, what? yes, I do. I do. <laughs> But if I don't do it that way, if I if I edit every step of the way and think about every word, um, then I just get bogged down. I'm I'm one of those people who just I have to you know sit down and do it and go for it. And then once the skeleton is in front of me, I can go back and flesh it out, and and it's less of a chore. Sure, sure. So, are you planning um, more books with the with the characters and the setting from Stonehill Downs? Yeah, there's a second one from Harper it's called Across the Long Sea, and that's coming out in the spring. Um, so that's very exciting. I just turned in that zero draft to Harper uh, about two weeks ago, so I'm waiting for the edits back on that one. And um, and it takes the characters to different parts of the world and and new mysteries to solve. Um, and my world's fleshing out quite a bit with that second one. And then um, for myself, I still am self-publishing. I have a young adult fantasy series that's that's going on right now. And um, I'm working on the zero draft of a second book in that series right now. And, and can you tell us a little bit about that series? Yeah, it's... Um, set in New York City. It's, the series is called The Manhattan Exiles, and it's about a group of uh, fairies who've been uh, exiled from the fairy homeland and are trying to find their way um, through the human world. They're stuck on Manhattan. They've been cursed to stay there. And so as they're trying to live on Manhattan and make their life, they're also trying to figure out how to retake um, the fairy underground. And um, I started writing that for my teenage daughter. She wanted a book that was a little different from all the uh, young adult series that were out there. She wanted 
uh, more realistic characters, um, a stronger female presence, and a more diverse um, sort of group of characters. So that's what I'm trying to do with that series. And the first book is out there and has gotten some good reviews. And the second one is coming along nicely, and I should have that one up in the spring as well. That's great. Well, well, given your success with Stonehill Downs as well as uh, your your YA um, uh, novel that you just mentioned, what what advice would you have for aspiring writers who may be listening who would one day like to sell their own novels or short stories? Well, I have the usual one, which is never give up, keep going. Um, but the best bit of advice I ever heard, and I heard it from Anne Rice in an interview, so I'm paraphrasing. I don't have the exact wording in front of me, but um, I think she was on NPR, and she was saying, write the story that you want to read, because somewhere out there, there are other people who will want to read it as well, and you need to write something that you enjoy, otherwise you will just burn out. And I think that's been the best um, best advice I've I've had, because... For a while, I tried writing for the market, and that was just, I just burned out. It was not fun for me. But when I write the stories that really I have the passion for and really I get involved in, that makes me happy. And I have found that those are the more successful stories um, that I get out there because I think the passion bleeds through. Um, My one other advice is is pretty standard, but develop a thick skin um, because there will be people who don't like what you do. And you need to just shake it off and continue forward and do what you love. That's great advice. Well, well, what books, fiction or nonfiction, have you read in the last year or so that you would recommend? Um, I just finished fe- uh, reading Robin Hobbs' newest, um, and I, Fool's Assassin, and that was good. That was excellent. I had to wait a long time for uh, something new in the Fits and Fool series. Um, I have been reading the Suzanne Collins for my daughter. I pre-read everything she reads. Um, uh, George R. R. Martin. I, my problem is that when I'm writing, I don't let myself read because otherwise I, I'm such a bookaholic. I would, I would read instead of write. So <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I would say the newest one that I've read is Robin Hobbs. And I really enjoyed that. Um, that's uh, great. Yeah. Well, well, where can people find you online if they're interested in learning more about you and, and what you've published, including Stonehill Downs, your new book? Uh, I'm very easy, very easy to find. I'm Sarah Remy WordPress. Um, so Sarah Remy WordPress.com. I'm also on Tumblr. I'm at Sarah Remy Writes. And those are probably the easiest places. I have a Facebook, but I spend most of my time on WordPress and Tumblr publishing there. Great. And I'll have links to those in the show notes as well that people can check out. Well, well, again, we've been speaking with Sarah Remy, author of Stonehill Downs. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Sarah, thanks for doing this interview. Thanks so much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.